In his second letter to Timothy, the Apostle Paul writes these words, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and by his kingdom, preach the word. Be urgent, in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, and exhort. Be unfailing in patience and in teaching. This is In Season and Out of Season, a Bible teaching ministry with Father Tom DiLorenzo. Good day. It's Father Tom and Maria Vadia today. I want you to put your hands on your eyes right now. We're going to be talking about your eyes, my eyes, the eyes of the people that are listening. Hello, everybody. We are down in Miami, Florida, and um, we have a message for you today. And as you know, we are temples of the Holy Spirit. If we are in Christ, we are temples of the Holy Spirit. We are a dwelling place for God, the Holy Spirit. And as a dwelling place, as a temple, just like in the physical, there are gates, doors, windows into our lives. And the eyes are a gate. Our eyes are a gate through which light or darkness comes in. And uh, as the people of God, we are designed to have dreams and visions, visions and to have revelation from the Lord. Uh, Jeremiah 33, 3, call out to me and I will answer you and I will show you great and hidden things. But the truth of the matter is that very few Christians guard their eye gates. And we see the enemy, I mean, creating havoc all over the place with pornography, with uh, violence, with um, all these video games that the kids are watching. And uh, pornography is rampant today, not only with men, but also with women and teenagers and young kids. So, so what in the world is going on? Well, darkness is coming in into our lives through the eye gate. And then we wonder why we get sick, why we're depressed, why we are addicted. You know, the, the eye gate is very, very real. Job said in Job 31 verse 1, he said, I have made a covenant with my eyes. How then could I gaze at a virgin? So Job knew that he could not be looking at other young women lustfully because he understood that and he made a covenant with the lord i'm not gonna lend my eyes to what is sinful to what is offensive to you lord and in psalm 101 verse 3 david says i will set no worthless thing before my eyes and we know that we have two sets of eyes we have our natural eyes but we have the eyes of our heart in ephesians 1 18 Paul prays that the eyes of our heart be opened. So our physical eyes and our spiritual eyes, they need to be in alignment. Alignment with what? With the Word of God, with the kingdom of God. And so we we have to take responsibility and start walking like sons and daughters. We're meant to be overcomers. We're meant to be conquerors. But there is a battle for our eyes. The, the devil is trying to to destroy our lives through the eye gate. And um, we need to take some actions and put a guard over our eye gate. Put a guard over our eye gate. You know, it's so simple. If you watch television, the commercials are awful. What they do in, in, the, in the 
morning. Little children watching television. The commercials are terrible. That's about all about sex. And no one complains about it. I was um, in New Zealand some time ago, and this young man that uh, was entering the seminary, that, uh, you know, that coming summer he was entering the seminary, and he said, can you pray for me? Let's make an appointment. And, uh, okay, I said, sure. And uh, what's going on? And it was pornography. He says, I started watching pornography, and I cannot get rid of it. I cannot stop. I've tried and tried and tried, and I cannot stop. You see, that's a demon right there. When you cannot stop, it's a demon. And so pornography is very addictive. It's very addictive, and it releases certain substances in your brain. I'm not a scientist, but it releases certain substances in your brain, and you become more and more addictive to pornography. In other words, the amount of pornography you did last month does not satisfy you now. you got to do it more and more and more. It starts controlling your life. And what does that what does it do to you? I mean, your perspective about God's sexuality, about the way that God created sex, it's totally twisted, totally twisted the way you see women. Families can be broken. Uh, marriages can be broken through this addiction because this is a demon. This is a demon. Um, I remember being in Poland uh, one time, and this young man came up for prayer says, please pray for me. I flunked my entire semester at the university. When I looked into his eyes, I saw a written word that said pornography. This was a word of knowledge. The Lord showing me what the root of the problem was. And uh, that was it. This young man had been watching and watching pornography. Guess what happened? He couldn't concentrate. He couldn't remember. And he failed an entire semester. But we got to watch over our eye gates because it's not only pornography. It's the, called the lust of the eyes, L-U-S-T, the lust of the eyes. One thing, what does not belong to you? Amen? Um, if you are a, a, a female, a woman, and uh, you, you want to get married and you like your friend's husband, that's off limits to you. <laughs> Amen? Stop looking at that man. Don't start imagining things with that man. You, you, we got to watch our eye gate. You know what happened to David in Second Samuel 11 was thoroughly horrible because he used his eye gate to watch a woman getting bathed. But um, I'm reading from Second Samuel chapter 11, and it begins saying, Then it happened in the spring... At the time when kings go out to battle, that David sent, you know, he sent Joab and his men to go and fight. But David stayed in Jerusalem. So that was the first step in disobedience. David stayed in Jerusalem instead of going out to battle. Verse 2, now when evening came, David arose from his bed and walked around on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof, he saw a woman bathing. And the woman was very beautiful in appearance. So now David was using his eye gate to watch this beautiful woman. Her name was Bathsheba. To watch her 
as she was bathing. So David sent and inquired about the woman, and one said, Is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah, the Hittite? Brothers and sisters, he should have stopped at that moment because this woman, Bathsheba, was the daughter of one of David's most faithful servants. And she was married to one of David's most uh, most faithful servants as well. These were two of David's champions. These were two of David's most faithful men. And David went went ahead and he had sex with Bathsheba. So this was not only a terrible act of adultery, but really betraying good friends. And what happened? Bathsheba got pregnant. What happened? Uh, David put um, Uriah the Hittite, Bathsheba's husband, he he had him uh, put in the front lines of the battle so that he would be killed, and he got killed. And this was totally disgusting and offensive to God. And uh, the prophet confronted David, and uh, the prophet said, you know what? You have brought a curse on your family. There's going to be violence in your family all the days of your life. The baby died, and we know after that that Absalom gave a coup d'etat to David. We know that another one of David's sons tried to get um, Solomon out of the throne, and we know that one of David's sons raped a half-sister. So his, his family was a total disaster. The beautiful thing about David is that he always finds room. He always found room to repent. Thank you, Jesus. Tell us the story about your brother, what happened when he was a little boy. Rene, what he happened when he was a little boy. Yes, he was uh, singing in the choir, and he was laughing with his friends, and the director of the choir kicked him out of the choir. And he went outside the school, and he went to buy some candy, um, which this man was selling in the corner. And the man gave him pornography. So that was my brother. He started watching pornography when he was, like, 13 years old or something like that. So I'm going to take you to Luke chapter 11, because this is Jesus saying, this is Jesus speaking, and Jesus is saying this, Luke 11, starting in verse 34, the lamp of your body is your eye. When your eye is clear, your whole body also is full of light. So when we have a healthy eye, that we focus on the things of God, and we focus on the things of the kingdom of God, there's going to be light coming in. When we put our eyes on Jesus and uh, we look at him, praising, worshiping, uh, using our imagination to see ourselves carrying on with the words of Jesus, for example, we have a clear eye, we have a healthy eye, our body will be filled with light. But when it is bad, in other words, when we focus our eyes on the wrong things, your body also is full of darkness. Then watch out that the light in you may not be darkness. If, therefore, your whole body is full of light with no dark part in it, it shall be wholly illumined as when the lamp illumines you with its rays. So when we use our eyes for the wrong things, we're going to be filled with 
darkness. And we're not going to be able to see the light. We're not going to be able to see when the Holy Spirit is speaking to us or showing us something. We are in darkness. Why we're using our eye gates in the wrong way. And darkness is coming in. We're supposed to be the light of the world. Amen. We're supposed to shine the light of Christ everywhere we go. But if we have been using our eye gates in the wrong way, darkness is, is going to be inside of us. And we are going to be blind. We're not going to be the light of the world as Jesus intended us to be. So we are living in very evil times. I don't think I have to convince you. We're living in the times of Isaiah 520, when people call evil good and good evil. And uh, we are supposed to be shining the brightest now because it's really dark. But if we're using our eye gate in the wrong way, we're not going to be the light of the world. We are opening our eye gate to the devil, to the devil. So we have to take authority. We have to guard our eye gate, and uh, we are just going to have to li be living, you know, in a state of readiness and alertness and take action because we're not victims. We're more than conquerors in Christ, and the Lord has given us authority. Luke ten nineteen, we have authority to trample over every serpent and scorpion and over all the power of the enemy. Amen. James 4, 7, James says, submit to God. In other words, be totally, properly aligned with the kingdom, with the word of God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So we, we have to take action. We need to resist the enemy when he comes to tempt us with terrible things that we should not be looking at. How do we resist the enemy? Pray in the spirit. Give a shout unto the Lord. Release the sword of the Holy Spirit, which is the word of God. Tell the devil that you have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. And that same blood that has redeemed you has defeated him. It's under your feet. Sing the high praises of God. We have weapons to resist the enemy. Hallelujah. I love the scripture from Philippians. Shine like stars in this crooked and perverse generation. We are living in a crooked and perverse generation. We call right wrong and wrong right. We say that it's all right for two women to be sexually involved with each other. Well, you know what? It's not all right. It's sin. We say that uh, we can take our children and we can abort them because it's our choice. Our choice is for life and not for death. But you see, we're living in a constant battle. We're not shining like stars in this crooked and perverse generation. It's really amazing if you read um, the Genesis, the fall of man, how the serpent came to tempt Eve and um you know, the devil is a liar, and he twisted everything that God had said because God had told him you can eat of every tree in the garden except from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And uh, the devil came and, and told Eve, did God say you couldn't eat of any tree? Anyways, Eve made a mistake of talking 
with the enemy. We do not talk to the enemy. We trample over him. We use our authority to 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 keep him down under our feet, crawling on the on the dirt and eating dirt. But we don't talk to him. We don't ask him questions because he's gonna lie to you anyways. But um, the enemy really, really tempted Eve. And the amazing thing, Genesis chapter three verse six, when the woman saw, see the eye gate, that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and ate, and she also gave to her husband, and he ate. So we see how the enemy tempted Eve through the eye gate. And you know what? She bought the lie. She was totally deceived by the enemy. And then in Matthew 4, when Jesus is in the desert, tempted by the devil, what does the devil do? He takes him up, up to a high place, shows him the kingdoms of the earth, and says, if you bow down to me, if you worship me, I will give you all these kingdoms. Jesus was tempted, was being te- tempted by the devil through the eye gates. But Jesus stood his ground. He knew who he was. He knew that all of the kingdoms would belong to him. But this was the wrong timing and in the wrong way. So he answered the enemy saying, It be gone, Satan. It is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So Jesus used the sword of the Holy Spirit. He resisted the devil using the sword of the word of God. So this is very real. And we need to guard our eye gate. So uh, if you're listening and if you're not driving, put your hands over your eyes and say, Lord, wash me clean. Wash me clean with your blood. Wash my eyes clean with your blood. And I surrender my eyes to you. I will only look at you, Jesus. You're the author and finisher of my faith. I will keep my eyes fixed on you, Jesus. I will look at the awesome things of the kingdom of God. I will use my imagination to think about wonderful things that you want to do in my life. But today I make a vow, I make a decision not to lend my eyes to the devil, not to lend my eyes for the wrong things. I decree and I declare that I will only look at holy things. Jesus You're my Lord and my Savior. I will only look at you. Amen and amen. At the transfiguration, at the end of it, they looked up and saw only Jesus. We need to see only Jesus. We need to have our eyes fixed on Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith and of our salvation. We need to be with Jesus. We need to love Jesus. We need to surrender to Jesus. Surrender your eyes, but not only your eyes. What about your ears? They are another gate for us to be tempted with. Amen to that. Amen to that. Brothers and sisters, you were created with a kingdom purpose. God created you with a plan and a purpose. You got to ask God to show you what is his plan for your life. Number one, we need to start doing what is already written. 
go and proclaim the gospel to every creature. Heal the sick, cast out demons, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. This is normal Christian life. When we start doing what it's written, then the Lord will trust us with more. So ask the Lord to show you, uh, to give you a vision for your life. And then you can start praying about this. These are the things that you should be looking into. Lord, show me some of the things that you have designed for my life. Show me. Touch, touch my, my imagination. Enter, Holy Spirit, come through my eye gate. See, we were created to have dreams and visions. This is part of the prophetic anointing in our lives. But how can we expect dreams and visions to be given to us when we're lending our eyes to see hor- horrible things, demonic things? It doesn't work like that. Amen? We cannot live in two waters. We cannot live in two kingdoms. You know, we, we got to be totally surrendered to the Lord, and we can do this with the help of the Holy Spirit. In Philippians chapter 4, uh, Paul says in verse 8, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on these things. These are the things that we should be thinking about with the eyes of our heart. These are, the, uh, this, these are the things that we should be using our imagination about, thinking about Jesus. Because who's more honorable than Jesus? Who's more lovely than Jesus? Who's more excellent than Jesus? Who's more worthy of praise than Jesus? Amen? This is how we should be using our both sets of eyes. They need to be aligned properly with the kingdom of God. So, Right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we ask you to come with power, Holy Spirit. Come with dunamis power, Holy Spirit. Come with revelation. Come with wisdom. Touch our hearts this morning, Lord God. We are living for you, Lord. You are the reason that we are alive. And, Lord, we want to collaborate with your Holy Spirit, and we want to use our eye gates in the right way. In Jesus' mighty name, let's give the Lord a mighty shout. So if you find yourself to be addicted to pornography, we decree and declare that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. In the name of Jesus, every chain of addiction broken to pornography. Every chain broken in the mighty name of Jesus. Every chain of addiction to alcohol and drugs, because they all come, all these addictions come in clusters. Amen? Pornography, drug usage, uh, addiction to sex, all of these things, we decree and declare angels are being released, that every chain of addiction is being broken in the mighty name of Jesus. We decree and declare freedom for you today. Freedom. Freedom. God created you for freedom. You're not supposed to be a slave to the devil. You're supposed to be a conqueror, a more than a conqueror. You're supposed to be a victorious warrior. Don't let the devil cheat you out of your destiny. In Jesus' mighty name. Don't make the, de- the devil cheat you of your destiny. 
you have a destiny in Christ. You have a destiny in Christ. You need to live that destiny out. Little did I know that I'd be on the radio when I was ordained a priest. Little did I know that I'd be on the radio 39 years later, a destiny. And I pray for the nations, that nations would hear the word of God through this broadcast. It's all about the grace of God. It's not about us. It's about the grace of God, how we are in need of the grace of God, how we are in need of his mercy, how we are in need of his presence. You know, it's Lent now. You say, I don't have anything to do. Well, go to the abortion mill, 1055 Commonwealth Avenue, and bring your rosary beads, bring your Bible, read your scriptures there. You say, well, you know, I've never done it. Well, I'm going to tell you, I've never done anything. There's some things I've never done that God calls me to do. I've never done it. That's, that's an excuse. It's an excuse. I've never done it. So it's time to do something. It's 40 days for life is what we're celebrating all over the country. 40 days for life. And we need to be out there. The only way people are going to turn around is when they see people out there praying, 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 and releasing the spirit through prayer. I tell you, it's time for us to be a little uncomfortable. It's time for us to have faith. And faith is spelled R-I-S-K. It's time for us to live a risky life in the name of Jesus Christ, the Lord. God bless you. This has been In Season and Out of Season with Father Tom DiLorenzo. A tape of this week's series of messages is available to you with a donation when you write to this new address, Father Tom DiLorenzo, P.O. Box 602, East Boston, Mass., 02128. Please make a note of it. And remember that this ministry is supported only by the donations of listeners, so please help as the Lord leads you. That new address again is Father Tom DiLorenzo, P.O. Box 602, East Boston, Mass., 02128. And be sure to listen again next time for In Season and Out of Season. Oh.